Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A crown of thorns? A number of friendly sources have called on President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. to give up the position of Agriculture Secretary and appoint a competent individual to do the job. Until now, the President has failed to react, and the continuing agricultural commodity and food crisis appears to have affected his popular standing and threatens to destabilize his government. A current article in Asia Sentinel, written by my good friend Viswa Nathan, former editor-in-chief of the Hong Kong Standard, who has adopted the Philippines as his home, his last chance, he says, provides the latest analysis. It says, when Philippine President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. decided to act as his own Secretary of Agriculture, he might have thought it could become the crowning glory of his presidency and seal the resurgence of the Marcoses. Now, after 15 months in office, it seems to have become a crown of thorns. The country's agriculture sector, long failing to feed its population, is in a deepening crisis. Marcos began with a promise to condone farmers' mortgage defaults, grant land to retired war veterans and landless agriculture graduates, and distribute fertilizer and high-yield food grain seeds to promote farming. It seemed to have helped his approval rating, which climbed from the 58.77% he scored at the polls to 75% in his first six months in office. But now his approval record is on the wane mainly due to a lack of definitive action to solve the surging food crisis he is under pressure to find someone competent to manage the agriculture department. Everything Marcos has done so far, like giving the poor the rice confiscated from smugglers, extending the one-year moratorium on land amortization and interest payments granted in September 2022 by a further two years, approving a new range, P16-23, to for farm gate prices for newly harvested rice, and ordering a ceiling for retail prices, are, said a critic, band-aid treatments. His election campaign promised to bring down the retail price of rice to P20, 34 cents, a kilogram remains a distant dream. The price in Manila currently ranges from P36 to more than P80 per kilogram, depending on quality. But Marcos still said recently he is hopeful to bring the price down. Marcos is yet to recognize the crux of the issue, which is that the Philippines' harvest area has shrunk by 33% from 13.25 million hectares in 1986, the year his father fell from power, to 12.52 million hectare by the time the succeeding Corazon Aquino left office in 1992, and 8.92 million hectare by 2020. So we are now importing not only rice but even cassava, in increasing volume each year, said one critic. The cost of such imports in 2021 was $15.7 billion. Marcos, the critic surmised, has no clue about why farming has shrunk. He is in the kind of situation of being unable to see the forest for the trees. There was no chance farming could have grown in hectareage while large tracts of agricultural land were being converted into shopping malls and housing subdivisions, and the agricultural schools were not turning out graduates who were seriously interested in farming. In my last conversation in the 1970s with the late Rafael M. Salas at the UN, the former executive secretary who was personally responsible under Ferdinand Marcos for making the country self-sufficient in rice for a short period, noted that while the International Rice Research Institute, IRRI, at Up Los Banos produced excellent agronomists who succeeded in boosting the rice yields in various parts of the world, its Filipino graduates tended to specialize more in delivering lectures than in delivering a miracle in rice yields. Once they have their agriculture diploma hanging on the wall, 
they no longer want their hands dirtied by the soil. They show no real passion for agriculture. But one cannot be a real farmer unless one truly loves the soil, for the earth to flourish, this love must be built into the character of our people. There is no shame in being a nation of farmers. India, Nathan recalls, used to suffer severe food shortages that caused widespread starvation. It had to rely on food aid from donor countries like the U.S., Public Law, PL 480 program. In fiscal year 1960-1961, it produced only 79.7 million tons of food grains to feed a population of 456 million. For the past three decades, however, Nathan points out that India has become a net rice exporter, thanks largely to a revolutionary rice strain, IR-8, developed in the Philippines. Its non-Basmati white rice exports command 40% of the local market, says Nathan, in 2022-2023, it produced 130.84 million tons of rice, some three and a half times greater than its production at the start of the Green Revolution. India has also become the greatest producer of milk, overtaking the US, according to Nathan. As everyone knows, India has displaced China as the most populous country in the world, with a population of 1.4 billion. But rather than India or China, we are the ones with a much smaller population, 115 million, who are finding it difficult to feed our own people. Shouldn't we turn to these countries and adopt the sound policies and practices that have worked well for their people? Stott at gmail.com